Hello, podcast listeners. Alex and Kyle Laughlin here. We're so glad you chose to listen in to this podcast. We are learning as we go, but are really excited to get real about our relationships and most importantly, the growing relationship we have with Jesus. So, Kai, you ready to hear about this week's topic? I don't think it'll surprise you much. Oh, yeah? What is it? Spooning with Jesus. Ah, spooning with Jesus. (laughs) Didn't you start writing a book about that at one point? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think it's a good time to tell our listeners a bit about myself. If you haven't taken the Enneagram, please do. It will most likely rock your world positively, but not without a sucker punch first. I'm a a seven on the Enneagram, so basically I get really excited about something like writing a book or traveling the world or running a marathon. Really? Yeah. Okay, let's be honest. I don't get excited about that one ever. Anyways, you get the point. I get pumped about it and passionate about the next big adventure, but then when something more exciting comes along, I have to do it. Marrying Kyle was the best thing I could have done for a ton of reasons, but also for personal growth. He's a three on the Enneagram and does all things really well, full out, and with style. Thank you, Jesus, for Kyle. And now we are actually putting together a podcast. Anyways, I digress. Yes, I've been working on writing this book, Spooning with Jesus, for three years now. Can you believe it's been that long? Wow, time flies. But I'm thinking I just need to get these hilarious, sometimes tragic, but relatable stories about singleness, dating, and marriage out there. Who knows how many other adventures and opportunities will come my way this year. If I don't start telling these stories, I'm going to forget them. Hence the podcast and us talking today. Babe, you'll get that book done and I'll buy the first copy. But for real, I've got to know, what does spooning with Jesus actually mean? (laughs) Okay. Honestly, I've been thinking about this concept of spooning with Jesus for quite some time. At first, it was for me. I wanted to pour out my thoughts in a private journal. I wanted to explore the intimacy felt through being in love with Jesus privately. I didn't want to write about it because I didn't think I could handle the girl, you are a crazy church lady comments that would naturally come with a topic like spooning with Jesus. But then I started talking to my female friends and I realized that this is a deep-rooted desire for us all. Whether we're in high school, our 20s, married in our 40s, or have been married for 50 years, we all desire an intimacy that truly cannot be attained in an earthly human romance. I'd say that's true. Go on. Okay, so I'm going to start with summer 2012. I sat in the circle around the floor with roughly 10 high school girls as a Young Life leader at a Young Life camp, and we had just gotten back uh, from club where we had heard about the death of Jesus on the cross, and we were just sitting in this story, unable to really comprehend it. I mean, who is this random guy who lived 2,000 years ago, and was he really the son of God, and why did he have to die like that, and was it really for us? As it was just silent for a while, sobs broke out and just broke it. Um, All of our eyes shot across the circle to my sweet, beautiful friend, Sid. Um, She couldn't stop crying, and it wasn't one of those angelic, socially acceptable cries. It was one of those uncontrollable, snot flowing tears, gasp for breath, kind of cried, and we were just staring. And it felt like forever until I 
realized that I was the leader and I needed to do something about this. So I stood up and walked across the circle to her and just wrapped my arms around her and I looked down at her trembling hands and I noticed bruises up and down them and then I lost it too and we were both crying. I think others were too, but I don't really remember because it was just me and her in this. It was as if God perfectly designed me to be the person holding her as she broke. I can't remember how much time passed, but eventually part of her story started to come out. I had to close my eyes to escape the pain of it. Sid was in a relationship with a high school boy that was popular, athletic, loved by his peers, and when Sid didn't want to do more with him physically, he would make her, and he would tell her that if she wanted to be his girlfriend, that she had to. Sid would resist, and he would hit her. I'm not saying there's no hope for this young boy, but in the brokenness of this world, he had the love thing all wrong. So as I held her, and we were crying, I prayed, and I just prayed that the Holy Spirit would embrace her, um, embrace us, and I prayed for peace and protection to swell in our hearts. And then I felt something I've never felt before. It was a warmth, and there was a light, and there was a kiss from God, and we were safe. That's an incredible story. Uh, you prayed, and he comforted you. It reminds me of a story in the Bible where the disciples and Jesus are out on their boat, and a storm arises. It was a pretty crazy storm. You mean like one of those Midwest storms that make you grab a few cans of food and head to the basement for, for some shelter? <laughs> yeah, except there wasn't a basement to seek shelter. They were on the water in a boat and likely going to be capsized. And can you believe, as they are panicked, Jesus is sleeping. <laughs> totally calm and collected. Can I read it to you? Yes, please. It's from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. Jesus had been teaching all day, and it was time for him and his disciples, Jesus' closest friends, to retreat for the night. Okay, Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. On that day, when the evening had come, he told them, Let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So they left the crowd and took him along since he was in the boat. And the other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. He was in the stern, asleep at the cushion. So they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Silence, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Hmm. Then he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked one another, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Yes, Jesus can and did calm the storm then and with Sid and I in that instant. He just needed to be asked. I figured Jesus' calming of the storm years ago must have felt a lot like the calming of your soul with Sid. Yeah, exactly. It's just on that Cheeto-infested floor at Young Life Camp, Jesus was like, hey, just ask me. There's no storm I cannot calm. He's the real deal. What happened after you felt his presence? Well, eventually, I opened my eyes and I spoke to all the girls. And what came out was, I think of Jesus as the perfect boyfriend embrace. Well, that's interesting. Okay, let me explain. You know that feeling when you're in a relationship with someone and everything is good. 
For us, it's when you get off work in the morning, we pour our coffee, cut our banana bread, we open the word, we talk about your night, but the best part is we're snuggled up on the couch, you know, spooning. That is my happy place, and I just close my eyes and let Jesus hold me. I mean, I know you're there too, but our Jesus, he is orchestrator of all that is pure, good, and holy. That feeling is there in my thoughts and my soul, and that's what makes it my happy place. So back to what happened at Young Life Camp. I had just heard and felt the pain right alongside my sweet friend, but after I opened my mouth and the Holy Spirit came out with that I think of Jesus as the perfect boyfriend embrace comment, I looked around the circle at the other girls and watched as many of them closed their eyes, Sid included. I watched as smiles came across their angelic faces. Not fake smiles, but real smiles. Smiles that only exist in love. It works exactly like it did on the boat for the disciples. You freak out, panic, and then cry out saying, Okay, Jesus, I need you to take care of this for me. And he does. Then you sink into this peace that warms and invites you into his perfect embrace. You're held, you're cared for, and you are loved. You know, that reminds me of a situation in my life a few years yeah. ago. Uh, when I was in the military, I was stationed over in Okinawa. It was a two-year tour, and we had the option to extend for uh, a third year, assuming that they would approve it. Right. Um, I, had I had this, uh, this decision coming up, and... One day my chain of command came to me and said, you've got to make a decision by tomorrow. I kind of was thrown off guard by that, didn't know I was going to have to make that decision so quickly. And um, I just decided, you know what, I think I'm not going to put in the extension. And that meant that I was going to go back to the state side. Um, but I was in a place in my faith where I was still learning how to hear from the Lord and I was kind of easily beating myself up where I would second guess myself, and um, in this situation, I just agonized over it for probably the next month or so. And one day, when I was just sitting in my barracks room and still kind of beating myself up over it and wondering if I had made the right decision or not, I just felt the Holy Spirit come and comfort me and just surround me. Um, and that was just a, an experience that I remember is such a comfort that He was with me and would continue to be with me no matter what. amazing. I actually have another example too. It's it's from a journal entry. Can I read it? Please do. Okay. So it's actually from December 20th, 2016. I'm on my couch in Lincoln, Nebraska. All college students who I mentor went home for the holidays. My high school students are taking finals and it's just me. 10.30 a.m. on a Tuesday morning and I'm feeling alone. I feel like my life has spun in a million circles. Somehow I'm single youth. I'm a single youth minister who doesn't have the answers and is frankly feeling sad about the fact that she is 24 years old and hasn't been on a date, let alone been snuggled in six months. Petty as it seems, this feels like a storm in my soul. Feelings of being unwanted and ill-equipped swarm. So here's what I do. I close my eyes. I think about Jesus. I feel his warmth and his peace. I'm safe. I'm loved. I'm adored. Everything I ever wanted from a man is right there when I close my eyes. I let my soul become my happy place. I know I'm a Looney Tune, and some may say there is no way you can feel good about singleness, drastic life changes, and inadequacies, 
by closing your eyes and asking Jesus to spoon you. But I can. Just me, just Jesus, just intimacy. So here I am, closing my eyes and thinking about Jesus, fighting Satan's attempt to make me feel silly about it, letting Jesus into my heart, praying, being still, being adored by the God of the universe, feeling loved and spooning with Jesus. True intimacy comes and goes when you love another human being. Romantic intimacy is fabulous when you're in a relationship with someone you love, but intimacy, but this kind of intimacy is always flawed in some way. Hey. Okay, sorry. This isn't part of my journal entry anymore, but listener, maybe you are doing long distance. Maybe you get jealous when your boyfriend talks to other girls. Maybe the communication is so hidden behind technology that you can't stand it anymore. The list goes on and on, but the truth is humans are broken and the perfect life partner doesn't exist here on earth. Obviously we're married now, but I think you're onto something. Whether you are struggling through this pandemic, singleness, a death in the family, I think the move is the same. You're right. No matter where you're at and what you're going through, we as believers can do just this. Close our eyes and ask Jesus to calm the storm. Ask him to hold us. Amen, baby. Well, Kai, I think we should probably get out of our PJs and make dinner. Okay, we're living in this weird coronavirus world. What do you think? Yeah, let's get dinner on. Thank you for joining us on our first podcast. Yes, we hope you tune in to the next one. But honestly, I really just hope you can come over for dinner soon. You know that's my jam. Okay, but if they come over for dinner, just bring dessert. Deal. Deal.